Ah, a good Nehru Shabbos, Parshas Chukas in America and Europe. Eretz Yisrael's Parshas Balak. So I'm going to say something on Chukas I think is crucial for every person to know. The Talmud Baal Shem Tov always uh, gave over this idea that every aspect of the Torah, every single thing in the Torah, is something that a person can learn from and apply to his life at any moment, in any place, at any time. And so it gave a lot of challenge for people to find ways to connect with some of the ideas mentioned in the Parsha at times and places that don't seem to have any connection with what's happening in the Parsha. For instance, nowadays we don't have a base Mikdash, we don't have Tumas Mace, and we don't have this whole paraduma to begin with. So, Okay, in the Shalmas, Parim reading it as if we did it, beautiful. Yeah, that, that doesn't tell us a depth that you could apply to yourself at every moment, every time in life. So I want to say like this. Zos Chukas Torah. This is the, the Chok of the Torah. This is the statute. This is something that doesn't make sense. That's what a Chok basically is. It's something that you don't have a full grasp on what the real depth of the idea is. And of course, Rashi gives an idea that the, and many of the Forshim say that the, the cow, the big cow comes to clean up the mess of the little cow made. The little cow, of course, is the eagle azov, and the big cow is a paraduma. And without the eagle azov, the Jews would have never had death because they were on the level of Adamarishan before the sin. By Maimon Harsina, they came with one person with one heart. It means there was absolutely no division. They loved each other. There was achtus, and therefore they would never die. But once the Egel Azov happened, then death was reintroduced. So death was the mess that the Egel Azov made. And comes a paraduma to clean it up. So that's Pashat Shach. What does it have to do with me in, in any generation? So it's a nice vort. Vort are important to understand the beauty of Torah. But how do I live it? And we're not talking about Glenn live it. How do we apply this to our life? I have a big schus, and I have to always remind myself that working in the yeshiva called Nevei Tzion is probably a schus that I don't know what I did to be Zoha to work there. It's such a an unbelievable bracha to be able to to polish diamonds, to, to find these neshamas and to make them shine and they, they see the essence of who they are. And it's a beautiful schus. And, but it, it, it's a challenge. And the challenge is like anything that you work for. You appreciate it much more once you work for it. If you just get it for free, you know, if there was a, a quick formula how to make somebody a Baal Tshuva, you know, just, okay, tell them to say this capital to Hill and say, say Shema, put on your tzitzis and tefillin, and then you have nothing to worry about. What do the, what do the men do? <laughs> right? What, how do you get, not, there's no way, to, there's no quick formula. But there is something, and it's not a quick formula, but it is a formula. The formula is said in this week's Parsha. Why? Because the idea is, we know, Chazal tell us that more than the calf wants to suckle and nurse, the, the mother cow wants to provide the milk. And they say that that's a similar thing to 
Rabbanim and their students. More than the students want to learn the Torah, the Rebbe's want to teach the Torah. Sometimes you see that very obviously the students don't want to learn and the Rebbe's want to teach. But even when the students want and the Rebbe's want more. And therefore we see the parable that a teacher is called a para. Now I wouldn't suggest you calling your Rebbe's uh, fat cows or anything like that or even just slender cows. Not a very mechobedic idea. But the idea that the Rebbe's should know that you have this role to play as a provider. And therefore, what has to happen is that the process is that the cow has to be burnt and turned into ashes. And this is the idea, Adam ki yamus ba'oyel, a person when he dies in the tent, when a person, uh, you know, is, kills himself for Torah, then the Torah has a kiyum. What does this mean? Ah, it says in the Pesach, Bechai Behem, and you should live with Torah. Why should you want to kill yourself? It says to live. Which way is it? So the idea is, many of the tzaddikim explain, that killing yourself is killing the selfness, the selfishness. Kill the aspect about what do I get out of this? How do I feel? That aspect has to be killed. And in that aspect where the cow has to be burnt and turned to ashes is that the cow has to realize that it is just merely a vessel, a vehicle to provide for a Rebbe, to provide for a student, the paraduma, to provide tahara for a yid. A person who works in Kiruv, who works in Kiruv Krovim, works in Neve, you have to be willing to destroy the self in order to be able to provide. And yes, also the people who are involved in the purification process, trying to make the other person also have to have it. I'm giving up my status of being pure in order to help you be pure. Now, chas v'shalom, that shouldn't mean that a person would have the right to be, go and become impure in order to do something, because the level of purity, when you're doing a mitzvah, it's a tzivui, the level of impurity that the person who sprinkles, who is being the mitah, is a person who's purifying, the purifier with the water, the water purifier, that person only becomes Tameh Adha Erev. His Tumah is very little. And it's Xerus Akasav. And I think it, it's a big lesson because I have to give up something. I have to give up of my status in order to help. But I don't become Tumas Mace. I don't become Tumas Sheritz. I don't become Tumas Nida, Tumas Keri. I just lose my status of being pure and I'm Tomei Adairev. It's a different level. But that's part of the sacrifice that a Rebbe has to make for his Talmud. That's what a, every parent, every provider, everybody who sees themselves as a giver, in order to give, you have to give of yourself let go of self. And that's, I think, one of the most important things that every person needs to know. Hashem should help us all realize this, that a person who wants to be connected to Torah, who wants to give over Torah, who wants to share and purify other people, there's times when you're going to feel, I, I could have been a much higher level. I remember one time earlier on when I was just starting teaching in the Bay, 
and I asked my Rebbe Rafidlander, who was the head of the Kolo in the Vey at the time, I said, Rebbe, like, the yeshiva wants me to teach for an hour a day. That was what I was doing. But now they wanted me to teach another hour. Or to learn with Bachram one-on-one for two guys for a half hour. But I'm still learning and growing in my own Torah. And he said, David, says, just remember, for every hour you give of your own time now, Hashem will give you twice, double. And I asked him, does that mean in quantity or quality? And he says, Mistama both. And I realized after that, I think my ability to understand Torah became much greater. I think that the bracha already started, as soon as I started giving more to other people, I was able to understand better whatever I was learning for myself and for sure the things I was trying to, to share with other people. And I think that that's... So you don't always lose by giving to others. You definitely gain. But sometimes you have to... You know, I'm, I'm holding back until the evening. I'm not able to progress as much as I would have wanted. I would have finished Shas maybe at a certain time and because I was learning with other people, you know, I finished a Masechta. Again, everybody has their own things. So I think that that's one of the main messages of Parshas, of Chukas, that we all have to know that every Jew, this applies to you. When you see somebody else in need, somebody who's in a state of Tumah, Tumas Mace. What's Tumas Mace? Tumas Mace is depression. They're not functioning. They're not able to do anything. It's like real Avi Avas Hatumah. It's like real Tumah. You gotta sprinkle some water on them. You gotta like burn the para duma. You gotta like burn some of that self idea and crush it up and then mix it with water with Torah and then you sprinkle it on the other person. Just give them a little sprinkling, a nice little spritz on a hot day. You know, so you have, they used to have these like fans that they have a little spritz bottle. Huh? You know, when you're walking in the hot, hot sun, it's a machaya. Sometimes it gives you like, ah, it's not so bad. Shem should help us all always be able to give life and chiyas to people who need it. I was over today just to, you know, Somebody, uh, one of the alumni is involved in chinuch, and it's so challenging and so difficult. And um, I, we were in the streets of Yishalayim, and I met this uh, big tzaddik. He's a, a grandson of Chaim Salavechik, and so he said, Shalom Aleichem, and asked the Nevei alumni, he said, what do you do? He says, I work in chinuch. And he wow, what a schus. You're able to work with kids that are you know, don't know Yiddishkeit. And the guy proceeded to tell him an amazing story. There's a kid, Israeli parents, who moved to America. And they have, they're, they're Chilonim still. But because they want their kids to, to learn Hebrew, they send them to Jewish school. And because it's his school, he's giving them some of the Gishmak of Yiddishkeit. The kid wanted to, for his bar mitzvah, he wanted to fill and he wanted to get, you know, he wanted to do something special. So the whole family came to Eretz Yisrael. They, the bubby brought kosher tefillin for the kid. And the parents said, you know what? If we never would have gone to America and gone to your school, our son would have grown up here learning nothing about his Judaism, never would have bought tefillin, never would have gone to the Kotel for every, anything. And look what you did. What a schus. 
And, you know, it, it's a schus. You help bring Yiddishkeit to neshamas that are thirsting, thirsting for it. So Hashem should help each and every one of us always be able to quench the thirst of the people who want to know how to be connected to Kosh Baruch Hu. All right, I'll, I'll stop it here, but I'll also say something on Balak. Wow, so there's Parsha Balak is such a fascinating Parsha. First of all, it's a Parsha which is totally given over in Benavua. Some parts of it, the Gemara in, in uh, Brachos actually says that Chazal had actually Havamina to include Matovu Alech Yaakov, parts of the Nevuas of Bilam, to be part of Kriyashma. But because it was too long or whatever, there's uh, many other reasons that they are mentioned in the Swarm that it wasn't put in. But just the Havamina, that this part of the, the Chumash would be put in the Torah, says there's some really deep stuff going on here. Now, Bilam, of course we know, he is a Gilgul of Lavan. The Svarim Kedoshim explained that Lavan and Yaakov made a pact that um, when they came to this place called Gal Eid or Yagar Sadusa, that Bilam and, and Yaakov promised that nobody's going to pass over this boundary to do anything negative to the other part of this pact, of this bris. And therefore the donkey pushed Bilam's leg up against the wall because... Hey, hey, remember your past Gilgal, you said you would not pass this wall to do anything negative to Yaakov, the children of Israel. So um, that's one of the Ramazim. But there's something deeper. I think the, in the I was told in the Kisve Ari, they have an idea known as that Lavan actually is rooted in something known as the Loven Ha'elyon. I don't know exactly what that means, but the Lovan Elyon seems to be some very lofty, pure white, bright light that is um, the source before things, I guess, get hairy, you know, before things kind of um, where things other than godliness might have the ability to exist. In other words, angels and all kinds of other things. Of course, angels are a part of are messengers of Hashem, but says everything else in the world. Everything that exists is malakal arz kvodo, that Hashem's kavod fills the whole world. And therefore, everything is really just a manifestation of a Baruch Hu's will, his ratzon, right? Ratzon shal adam So the kavod of a Baruch Hu is his ratzon, his ratzon is that this world should exist, and therefore, everything is really kvod Hashem. Hashem created the whole world, Lichvodi Vrasi Vitsarti. That um Bar that everything was is ultimately created because it's a glory for a Khajborhu for when we will realize the true depths of things and we'll have a greater appreciation of this. So how does Bilam, who is really Gilgul of Lovan, who's really sourcing the idea of this Lovin Elyon, why is this an issue that why does why do we need to know about it? I mean, we say the famous capital in Tehillim, Hallelujah, Gol Kol Goyim Shabchu Kol Haumim Ki Gavar Aleinu Chazdei Vemes Hashem Lelam Haluka. 
we say, all the nations of the world should praise God. Every, every uh, country should sing praises. Why? Because God's chesed for us was misgaber of over everything that the Goyim tried to do to us. The Goyim have many nefarious plans of how to eradicate Jews from the world. But if it wasn't for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kindness, they would have been successful. So they say, that all the nations of the world will praise Hashem because they know how many times they tried to harm us and they were unsuccessful because Hashem prevented it. So, We need. We don't need to know all the different occurrences when the goyim try to, to harm us. There are myriads and myriads of, of uh, occurrences that I don't know how much time we'd need to like see a clip of each and every one of the times a goyim made a plan to to harm us and we were saved. So why do we need to know this one? This one, excuse me. So it seems to be that because Bilam is a Gilgal of Lavan and all of Lavan, Lavan's, all of Yaakov's children really come from Lavan, Rachel, Leah, Bilah, Zilpah, and the Maisa, where it's a, you know, it's the Shver. It's the father-in-law, you know, it's a, or for some of the kids, it's the Zayde. Zayde Lavan. Lavan in Yiddish is Weiss. Zayde Weiss. Ooh, ah. What is going on here? So it seems to be that there's something deep down inside that all of Kali Yisrael have a little bit of this root in this Lovina Elyon. And really, even though on a, on a, down here in this world, when Bilam was trying to harm us, he was tapping into the, the lowest levels of depravity in order to connect to his source in Shemaim, to connect to Kosh Baruch Hu. I mean, we know with him and his uh, loving relationship with his uh, donkey. You know, it's uh, not, not, a, not a, an ideal situation for anybody to be involved in. But it's, we see that there is some desire to at least be connected to Hashem. So therefore, I think there's some lessons that Hashem says we can learn from Bilam for our own avoda. What are those lessons? So one of the lessons, I think, has to be that Bilam comes across as a real tzaddik. They come to, to, to Bilam and say, Bilam, can I come curse the Jews? He said, listen, let me ask Hashem. You know, if it's, if it's what God wants, that's what it'll be. And he asks Hashem, and Hashem says, no, don't do it, because they're, they're, they're blessed. So he comes back and tells them, go away. Nothing I can do. I can't do it. Now, we know when somebody says they, they can't do it. So, you know, the many, many of the tzaddikim say, don't say you can't, say you don't want. Because if you really wanted to, you could. So this is the question, is, is that, is there something that this is in the geder, in the boundary of something that I could do and I don't want to do? Or is it mom or something that I can't do? 
So when he told them, Lo uchal, I can't do it, then, um, you know, the message back to Bullock was he says he, he can't do it. So what does Bullock do? He sends more wealthy, more mechubedik emissaries to go and, and tell him to come back. You know, tell him to come. Maybe you want more money. You know, so everybody's got their price, right? So, but the problem is everybody's got the price. But you want me to be the Kohen Gadol? I can't. I just can't. There's no way. Pay me all the money in the world and put me in the base of Mitzvah. I'm not the Kohen Gadol. I can't do it. But, uh, you know, promise me wealth and, you know, then fame and fortune. Like, uh, if I do this X, Y, and Z, you know, all you have to do is stand there. But I'm still not the Kohen Gadol. But you want to give me a different position? Yeah. You know, you could say, like, no, I really don't want to do that, you know. We need, we're looking for a Rosh Hashiva. Would you like to join us? No, no, I'm happy where I am. But we'll pay you, you know, a million dollars. On time? You know, what, what, what are you going to attract me? So it, it has to do with, is it possible? Do you have a price? If I say, oh, listen, here's $50 million cash. Will you come open up the issue for us? All right, you know, I think, okay, I think my family would be willing to, I'm, you know, I'm not home all the time, you know, okay, we could, everybody could get married off with an apartment, and a, okay, that's the price you pay, you know, business. But to become a Kohen Gadol, there's nothing to do. So when Bilam says, I can't, so Balak is saying, I wonder what kind of can't it is. And that's why he's sending more Mechubedic people and that's when Bilaam says, okay, well, I'll, I'll ask God now. But he reminded them, listen, even if Bullock would give me his house full of gold and silver and all of the treasures, I can't go against God. So if God still tells me no, I can't say anything different. So Bilaam sounds like a real firm guy. And here's the problem. This is where we can learn from this lesson of Bilaam is that sometimes when it comes to my covenant and when it comes to something that I want to do deep down inside, I'm going to try to ex- find excuses and rationalize and justify why I could do it. On the flip side, I can find reasons why I don't want to do something. You know, I'm, one of my uh, alumni once said a muscle that, um, you know, they don't use, uh, let's say, a certain hash, let's say the... Uh, star K. I'm not not say it's not a good hefter, but let's say they didn't use a star K. So uh, one time his wife says, "Listen, you know, oh, can you pick up some Brussels sprouts?" Now, to him, Brussels sprouts are the most abominable creations. He has no idea why Hashem did that. Maybe it's because it's poison. He can't understand why. Maybe it's for just so just for animals. You know, why would any human want to eat it? Uh, all right. I haven't met too many people that like Brussels sprouts. I did meet somebody not too long ago that actually does like it. So, But he doesn't like it. So he goes to the store and they have canned Brussels sprouts. They have no fresh. He looks at the, the cans. And, you know, it has the Star K. Sorry, you can't buy it. Star K. And then they, he's looking for some other kind of thing that... Uh, 
his wife asked him to get that. He really, really likes, I don't know, let's say marshmallows, and he finds a package of marshmallows, oh, Gavaldic, and he barely has a chance to look at the hechsher, but while he's waiting in line, he looks and sees the hechsher, is a star K. So when it comes to the things that he doesn't like, we don't eat star K, but when it comes to things that he does want, all of a sudden the star K, maybe, that should be a good hechsher, yeah, it should be fine. So that's people rationalize. They tend to think of things when they want it. What reason they can rationalize and justify how it could be done. I think that this is a lesson that we all need to know that even when we want to come close to Hashem, sometimes coming close to Hashem, like we mentioned before about uh, you know sacrificing self, that also might, might be a lesson that we have to know. When we want to come close to Hashem, we want to be emissaries of Hashem. We want to know, we want to be able to stay over Nevoah. We want to be a shliach for good things. Sometimes I have to be willing to totally be mevatel the self in order to do Ratzon Hashem. And that's why Chazal tell us, you know, the person who has a you know, Ruach Nemucha, Nefesh, everybody is modest and quiet and humble. They're the Talmidim of Avram. Somebody's got Nefesh Rechava, Ruach Gavoa, he's got arrogance, and he's got, he wants everything, you know. A, they're from the Talmidim of Bilam Arasha. Because Bilam didn't work on his Midos. And uh, I think that's one of the main messages we need to take in order to contrast ourselves to the Avodah of Bilam and try to approach our connection to HaKosh Baruch Hu with the Avodah of Avram Avinu. Hashem should bless us all that we should have health and happiness and nachas and simcha and besoros tovos and siyat um, Just a little story. Just I just uh, One of our alumni had this penchant for traveling. He needed to go and he was... Um, he wanted to go, but he's, he knows the Torah is true. He knows it's right. And he didn't know what to do. He really wanted to go. And he went, before he left to Europe, to traverse through Europe, he went to get a bracha from Rav Gamliel Rabinovich. So I went there because his Hebrew is not so good. So uh, this guy wears his tzitzis out and everything like that. Go to Rav Gamliel, and Rav Gamliel says, Oh, it's good you're wearing tzitzis. It's chazak. And I told the, the Rebbe, I didn't tell him where he's planning on going. I said, he wants to go to Tayel, he wants to go to tour. He says, okay. You know, he says, you're going to wear your tzitzis? Says, yes, of course. He says, all right, guy, let me tell you one thing. One thing you got to be careful of, you can't be doing yichud, let alone anything else. Be very, very careful. And the guy kind of like got embarrassed, and he's like, okay, you know, traversing alone, you know, through Europe and meeting up with people sometimes could be fraught with situations that are not good for our neshamas. And this guy says, okay. And he called me up today and he said, Rabbi, I got to tell you, last night I had a terrible temptation. There was a wild rave party, whatever. I don't know what it is. And I was invited to go for free, and he knew that the package deal would include some compromising situations 
that uh, you wouldn't want on, on, you know, your resume. And somebody invited him personally and uh, made it a very tempting offer. And he was wearing a tissus and he like looked down and he remembered what Gamliel said to him, be careful. And he says, I can't do this. And he decided, no. He was Mechazek himself. And uh, so I went to Gamliel today and I told him the story. What happened? He says, do you realize, do you realize what happened? This guy with his Messiris Nefesh, it's like a, a complete tshuva. It's like being with the same person, the same place, same similar opportunities of things that he had done in the past. Unbelievable. So, you know, sometimes we could rationalize and justify and try to find reasons why we could do this, that, and the other. This guy was Mamash Omed bin Nisayan. Hashem should help us all. That we should dedicate ourselves completely and we should have the koach and the strength and the courage to say no when we have to say no and not only to say yes but do it when it's the right thing to do we should all be blessed to see the B.S. girl Tzedek and the Zara Kodesh and Parshas Bolok it has all these Ramosim about when Mashiach is coming to see the coming of Mashiach Amen have an amazing amazing Shabbos